Good morning, everyone. How are you all? My name is Jen Bolton. I, uh, as they said, I work for Dove, which is a domestic violence organization based in Quincy. Has anyone heard of Dove before? Anyone familiar? Good. I usually say we're not the soap, we're not the chocolate. People confuse us with that a lot. But we are a domestic violence organization. Um, we are based right near campus, just on uh, the other side of Hancock Street. And we're actually uh, on some ENC property, so it's really easy to find us. We're right next to the business campus. But um, I have been invited here today to chapel, to Relationships Chapel, to talk a little bit about healthy, unhealthy, and abusive dating relationships. So uh, I am also an alumni here, graduated in 2008 from the social work department, so really happy to be back here. It's been a long time since I've been here in chapel, um, but good to be back. So we've got a PowerPoint. I think they're going to get that going while I'm talking. But I'm um, going to just say a little bit about what Dove is. Uh, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, it's a really great time for us that we can go out into the community, talk a little bit about what we do, let folks know what they can look for if maybe they're seeing some things in their relationship that are not going so well where they can go for help, and also how they can maybe reach out and support somebody in their life. So uh, abusive relationships are unfortunately incredibly common. Um, we like to think about them as something that doesn't really happen in our lives, it doesn't happen to our family members. The statistics actually tell us that it's about one out of four people will experience an abusive relationship at some time in their life. I was really glad that I was able to come here and Beacon Chapel because I remember when I was a student here and living on campus, I had a couple of girlfriends that were in some relationships that I didn't really know the right language for, but now having worked at Dove and knowing what I know can see how those relationships were actually incredibly abusive. Their partners never put their hands on them, there was no physical abuse, there was you know, no black and blues or anything like that. But both of their, so they were two of my female friends, so both of their boyfriends were very, very controlling, telling them where they could and couldn't go, telling them they didn't want them hanging out with any male friends, asking them to check in with them all the time, constantly texting them, calling them, uh, and really, really jealous. And so we sort of knew at the time, this is not a great relationship, this is so dramatic, but we didn't have the language to say, this is actually abusive. I'm actually afraid for my friend right now because this relationship could kind of escalate to a point that might be kind of scary. So what I have since done is been able to go out and talk to other schools about how can you help a friend if you're seeing some signs in their relationship that are really unhealthy. So what we like to talk about is relationships that basically are on a spectrum. So we have one side of that spectrum, we have healthy relationships, and the other side of that spectrum, we have abusive. And then in the middle, we have unhealthy. And so the way we think about the difference between an unhealthy and an abusive relationship is an unhealthy one, there might be a lot of drama, a lot of stress, a lot of breaking up and getting back together. You never know what's going on in that relationship. I'm sure a lot of people can think of someone they know that might uh, sort of fit into a relationship like that. But when we see a relationship that goes from being unhealthy to abusive, what we're looking for is that imbalance of power. So one person in that relationship has a lot more control than the other person. 
And so that person might be using that control to intimidate their partner, to keep them from making other friends, to um, sort of make their life smaller. So you might think of a friend that you have that at one time in their life they were uh, had very independent. They were involved in a lot of things at school. They had a lot of aspirations. They were doing really well, thinking about grad school, playing sports, all those kinds of things. Get into a relationship, and all of a sudden, they start to become more and more isolated. That can be a red flag for an abusive relationship, someone that is using their power to kind of keep this other person under their thumb. So when we think about abusive relationships, we think about Really, obviously, we think about physical abuse, but I want to talk a little bit more about some of those more subtle forms of abuse that we don't always think about as being abusive. And one of the most important ones is emotional or verbal abuse. And so that's really what I saw a lot with my friendships, uh, whose partners were really, really controlling. They were purposely trying to put their partner down, trying to lower their self-esteem, isolate them, even make them feel crazy at times. And those signs are not as obvious as some black and blues. But we know that that's a sign of control. This, these aren't random behaviors that this person is doing just because they're in a bad mood, just because they had a bad day. There is intention behind that behavior, and the intention is so that the other person can have more control. And so if you take one word home from today, Try to take that word control with you. That's really what we're looking for when you're trying to think about your own relationships, when you're thinking about relationships of your friends. Is one person trying to control the other? Some other things that we might see in an abusive relationship might be some control around finances, might be some control around intimacy, sometimes control around technology. We spend a lot of time talking to young people to students about what kind of privacy should you have when it comes to technology. In an abusive relationship, a lot of times we see that abusive person using that other person's phone as a way to control them. Pretty much everybody now has a smartphone. So 10 or 15 years ago, we weren't really talking about this. But now that everybody has this device that tracks where they are all the time, that they can constantly be in communication, that they're posting pictures and their whereabouts and friending people. There's this whole huge new way to have control over somebody. And so we spend a lot of time talking about what should be your rights around privacy. And sometimes people feel really, really opinionated about that. Like, if you don't have anything to hide, then I should be able to look through your phone, or I should know your passwords, um, or I should be able to know who's friending you, following you, who's liking your posts. When we think about that, we think that that sometimes has some aspects, some themes and red flags of control. Um, that somebody that is not trusting you, is not supporting you, is always suspicious and very jealous, those are some things that we're looking out for that don't line up with a healthy relationship. And so we talk a lot about how it can be really scary in, an abusive, in a healthy relationship when you really like somebody and you're sort of worried that Maybe they're not being faithful. It can seem like the easiest thing to do would be, I'm going to check through their phone, right? And I think a lot of us may have had that impulse. Um, and so we spend a lot of time talking about if you are concerned, if you have worries about trust or faithfulness in your relationship, 
and you have that impulse to invade your partner's privacy, a much more healthy thing that you can do, a much healthier thing you can do, is to have a conversation with your partner. For those of you that have been in relationships, jealousy is something that you will feel at some time in your life. Jealousy is not a bad thing. It is a normal emotion that we all feel at some time in our, some time in our life. What you choose to do with that feeling is what makes it abusive or not. And so if you use that jealousy to control your partner, limit where they can go and who they can be friends with, that's when we start to see someone using their jealousy in a controlling way. If you feel jealous and you decide to have a conversation with your partner, it's a much healthier way of dealing with that, that issue. So we've got our PowerPoint working. Um, so you can keep going down a little bit. Um, and so just a couple other things I want to say about some of the types of abuse. The other thing that I think gets overlooked a lot is financial abuse. So we sometimes see people whose partners intentionally keep their, their partner in the dark about what's going on with money. So maybe they're saying, I don't want you to go to work. You don't need to worry about the bills. You don't need to worry about the money. I'm going to take care of all of that. And there are plenty of healthy relationships where that happens. And so we're not just looking at the behavior to determine if it's abusive. We're looking at that intention. And so if that person's intention is, I want to control the money, because then it's going to make it a lot more difficult for you to leave. That's when it starts to be concerning, and that's when it starts to become abusive. And so these are some red flags, some warning signs that you can be looking out for in your own relationships, and that you can be sort of supporting a friend around if you're seeing some of those things as well. So sometimes we are talking about some of these issues and people are thinking, why would you stay in a relationship that's abusive? Um, if it's so bad, why wouldn't you just leave? And I remember sort of having some of those thoughts about one of my friends when I was living here on campus, like, why are you staying in this relationship? Why are you going back to this person? And so sometimes when we go out and talk about this, we really want to try to help people understand how complicated it can be to leave a relationship that's abusive. Um, doesn't always make it easier for you in the moment, but understanding what that person is going through can really help you to see why they might go back to the relationship. So if you keep going down to the next slide, you see what we call the... Um, cycle of abuse. And so when we talk about the cycle of abuse, we think about a relationship that oftentimes starts off really healthy. This person is kind, charismatic, they're wonderful, respectful, maybe they're sweeping you off their feet. So you really get into this relationship and you're really connected with this person. And after a period of time, there starts to be some what we call tension building. After that tension is built, we have a slide on the next, the next slide. Go on to the next one. Okay. Um, so after that sort of incident of abuse happens, we are seeing people leave the relationship, right? I'm not going to be treated this way. I don't deserve someone to talk to me like this. This is over. And very sort of not coincidentally, very sort of purposefully, this abusive person 
all of a sudden returns to how they were at the beginning of the relationship. And so they are making promises. They are apologizing. I am so sorry that I said those things. This will never happen again. Please take me back. Let me show you what a good partner I can be, what you know, a, a change I can make in my life, and I'm going to make things better. And so myself included, I don't think we could really say no to some of those apologies and some of those promises, especially the first time, right? We want to give somebody a second chance. So we see people getting back into that relationship, and what happens is that this sort of pattern continues to go in a cycle. Um, and so after that control has been reestablished, that person is back into this relationship, we start to see some of those same dynamics happening. And so the longer that somebody gets stuck in one of these cycles, the harder that it can be to get out. We also know that leaving an abusive relationship is the most dangerous time. And so if you think about an abusive relationship that's all about control, if you break off that control in the relationship, that's sometimes when we see people go to greater lengths to try to reestablish that. And so I think about a couple of my friends and thinking about how the fear that they felt in breaking off those relationships, in, if I'm with this person and they're right next to me, I can at least predict to some extent what they're going to do next and feel like I have some control over it. If I end the relationship with this person, I have no idea what they're going to do. And so that fear of the unknown, that fear that things are going to get worse, something that they might not really be able to verbalize or share with you, but knowing that that kind of fear of the unknown is really can be what, what keeps people in that relationship. Also, those really intense feelings of love, hope for change, can be a really hard place to get to to think, this person that I love, that I've been in a relationship with for a long time, that I thought I saw a future with, this person is never going to change. They're never going to return to who they were at the beginning of the relationship. And to give up that hope can be a really, really difficult place to get to. So I talked a little bit at the beginning about some of the qualities of a healthy relationship. So we mentioned a lot of things about abuse, a lot of red flags to look for. We also want to think about what are some things that you do want to have in a relationship. If you are just sort of starting to get into serious relationships or that's something that's down the road for you, um, this is a great time to really be thinking about how do I want to be treated by my partner and what do I want in that relationship? A couple of the things that I think are most important, up here we have trust, support. You want to be with somebody that's telling you, go apply for that job, go get that internship, of course, Go and study for that test or go hang out with your friends. I trust you. I want you to be happy. I'm not always thinking about myself, right? So I can put myself in your shoes. I can feel empathy for your situation. And I'm going to be thinking about what's best for you and not what's just best for me. And the other thing that we have up here, uh, the second thing is fun, right? And so I think that gets overlooked sometimes. We have a lot of serious words when we think about relationships, like we have to have good communication and we have to have honesty and all those important things. But especially at this time in your life, if you don't have kids and a mortgage and all those sort of stressful things, your relationship really should revolve around having a good time together. And if you notice that your relationship is full of stress, it's full of drama, it's always draining you, 
you're always like not really sure what's going on, there's a lot of confusion, those are some signs, maybe not that it's abusive, but definitely that it's not in a healthy place. Um, and so really thinking about what do I want to have and is this relationship, does it have the potential to have these things, and uh, is the person that I'm with on the same page as me? So we've been talking a little bit about how to think about your own relationship, how you can help a friend. We also want to think about some of our own behaviors as well. And so looking at some of these and saying, do I exhibit any of these controlling behaviors? Maybe I've never put my hands on my partner, but maybe I get really jealous when they spend time without me. Or I get really, really possessive when I see them talking to somebody else when I find out that they're joining new things, they're going home for the weekend, I'm immediately very jealous, feeling very possessive, and I'm sort of taking that out on my partner. So looking at some of these and thinking like, do I restrict my partner? Do I discourage them? Do I put them down? Do I blame them for all the things that go wrong in our relationship? Maybe I can look at myself too and think about if I'm exhibiting any of these unhealthy or kind of controlling behaviors. So we're going to be, um, after chapel, we're going to be in the student center. We're going to have a lot of materials set up. And one of the things that we're going to have out is things that you can say to support somebody. And so because we know that statistic is so high, there's a really good chance that at some point in your life, whether it's a neighbor, a family member, a friend, someone on your floor, someone you go to school with, it's going to be in a relationship that needs some support, that needs some help. We usually think the best thing to do is to tell somebody to leave. person treats you like that, you've got to break up with them. Why are you still staying with them? You can sort of feel like that's the best thing to do. What we actually know is that that's not really that supportive. It doesn't feel that supportive to the victim or survivor. So instead, there's some things that you can say it might feel a little bit more supportive to somebody. Just saying things like, I believe you. You don't deserve to be treated that way. What can I do to help you? Letting them know about the Brickley Center, letting them know about Dove, being patient with them. A lot of times we have that sort of, again, knee-jerk reaction to say, you know what, if you're just going to spend all your time with your partner, you're not going to hang out with us on the weekends, you're not going to sit with us at lunch, you know, I'm going to stop trying. And that's one of the worst things you can do for a friend that's in an abusive relationship. And so keeping that friendship, being patient with them, understanding what they might be going through, and being supportive. You also have an opportunity if you know somebody that is acting in an abusive way. So we're not saying to go out and confront your friend's abusive partner, but if you yourself are friends with somebody that's it's abusive, and so you, maybe it's your roommate. Maybe you can hear them on the phone and they're yelling at their partner for like, you didn't ask me if you could go out with your friends or like making a lot of jealous accusations. Um, maybe you see them going through their partner's phone, things like that. You also have an opportunity to step in and say something. One of the reasons we think that these statistics are still so high is because people think it's none of their business. So people turn the other cheek, I'm gonna stay out of this, this is their relationship, I'm not gonna get involved. And that's part of why we think this still happens. It's because it happens right under our noses and nobody says anything. 
And so that's what we're really asking for people to do. If you see this happening, you have an opportunity to call this person out on their behavior. I'm not okay with the fact that you're acting in a really controlling way towards your partner. I'm not going to sit by you and laugh it off or pretend that it's not happening. And so we're going to have all of these materials in the student center. Great things to have just for you, for yourself, for your own relationships, or like I said, so that you can support somebody else. If you know somebody that might benefit from coming to Dove, all of our uh, hotline information, all of our contact information, our location will all be on the table over in the student center. Everything we do is free. Do a lot of counseling for people that maybe don't even know if their relationship is abusive or not, but just kind of want to talk to somebody about it. So I think we're going to transition to doing the interview, but um, I will be here after chapel in the student center, so happy to answer any questions, and thank you guys. Okay, there we go. Uh, so first of all, I just want to apologize for some of the technology issues. Uh, despite all of that, uh, it is clear that you have a group here who is listening very attentively to, to what you're sharing. And we do thank you for being here. Um, you know, it's often the case that in a chapel like this, you call it Relationships Chapel, and you gather uh, in a setting like this, the focus is on couples that are really working well and people want to hear their stories and it is it is rare to take a moment like this and talk about the kind of relationships that well we really don't want uh, the ones that uh, we don't like to identify with I guess I just thought I'd, I'd ask you how often do you find college students hear things like this and their immediate response is yeah that can't be me though yeah, I think that kind of othering is very common. It's sort of a um, defense mechanism that a lot of us use that that could never be me, which we think about with a lot of, a lot of different issues, social issues, health issues, you know, that could never happen to me. Um, and so one of the things sometimes when we have more time, we talk to people about, do you think that you are too smart to be in an abusive relationship? And a lot of people are like, I would leave the second that somebody said something like that to me. I would never put up with that. And what we talk about is how abusive relationships don't always start off that way. And so there's a lot of love that's laid first, uh, you know, a lot of connection. And then we start to see some of those signs come out. And so we like to say, although we want people to look for some of those warning signs, it's not always somebody's going to show up at your front door with, you know, a sign on them that says they have the potential to be abusive. And so, unfortunately, it absolutely is something that can happen to anyone. Uh, when we chatted a bit about today and you sent some of your materials, I looked through and saw that, you know, there are reasons people stay. And, you know, some would be fear, some would be low self-esteem, and some would fall into categories that people would often say, well, that makes sense, but one of them was love. Uh, and I think it's the case that people will say, well, I really love this person, and so I can't leave. It would be wrong. Uh, what do you say to that? Yeah, I think it's something I can really empathize with because 
oftentimes abusive people also have really legitimate issues going on in their life. And so they may be struggling with substance abuse. They might be struggling with a mental health issue. They might be just kind of having a hard time at home with their family. And so when you're in a relationship with someone, you sort of feel like at any, you know, if anything happens, I'm going to be there for you. And so it can be a really hard place to come to to say, I want to help this person get better. I want to help them to heal. I want to help them to become a healthy partner. It's a hard place to get to to say and realize, I'm not the one that can help this person. They have to want to help themselves. And it can take a long time to get to that place. You know, I keep mentioning a couple uh, friends, but it can take a couple years sometimes of breakups and getting back together before that person is able to realize your behavior is a choice. When you act this way towards me, it's not because you grew up in this kind of a home. That could be where you learned it, but you still have control over that behavior. And so I can't stop you from doing this unless you want yourself to get better. So Now when you say that, I imagine there could be one or two people in the room who are thinking if that's me, I should probably get out of this relationship, but it's ultimately impossible to, you know, uh, the connection is too strong, or uh, there's a friendship circle that now will get disrupted, uh, and, you know, we're on a college campus, so, so if you're dating someone on the college campus, how are you supposed to break up and then live your life? You're going to see that person every day. So could you talk a bit about you know, what a healthy breakup would look like or how, how to break up well? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that we know about abusive relationships is that they do not get better on their own. And that can be a hard thing to think about for your own relationship. But healthy relationships, sometimes unhealthy relationships, go through some ups and downs. If a relationship is abusive and there's control, it is not going to go away. It is almost always going to get worse. And so it sort of depends on what type of relationship you're in, of how you want to have that breakup. Uh, in an abusive relationship, if you're afraid that that person's behavior might escalate, that they might become abusive or violent, that they might hurt themselves, that can be really scary if a, if a partner's threatening that. We really encourage you to either come to Dove, to seek out some support here, whether at the Brickley Center or from chaplain or someone else that you sort of support and trust because ending that relationship can be a really dangerous time. If you are trying to leave a relationship that is healthy, so you've been dating for a while, you're together, you just don't see this happening in the future, that is a, also a hard thing to do. Um, what I probably hear as the number one breakup tactic for a healthy relationship is like, uh, I'm just going to kind of be in hiding, right? I'm going to be difficult to find. Uh, I Sometimes we talk about this because they're like, oh, I'm going to like they ghosted me or whatever, you know, so I'm like not around. I'm going to be a bad partner until you break up with me, right? That's like a really kind of backdoor tactic. Um, so what that is, is that really ends up kind of being so much more hurtful to the other person. And so although it is so difficult to hurt someone's feelings that you care about, being direct and being honest is the healthiest thing that you can do. It is so hard, believe me, to sit across from somebody and say, 
I really care about you. You've been a great partner to me. I don't see this going anywhere in the future. I'm so sorry. That is a hard, hard conversation to have. It is so much easier in the long run for the other person. And so you are doing a huge favor to this other person by being direct, by being honest, and sharing with them some of your feelings. Uh, breakups are incredibly difficult. It is something that almost all of us will have to go through at some point in our life. And I don't think we talk enough about how traumatic they can be. A lot of people think about breakups as being like a death. Um, it is absolutely a huge loss. And so knowing how to get some support around that, how if, if you're broken up with or you're the person breaking up with the other person, it is a lonely time. It is a really challenging time. And so I really encourage people to reach out, get support from your friends. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be down, whether you're a guy or a girl, uh, and to reach out and say, I need some help. I need some support getting through this. So you're an ENC alum, and I imagine you gained a passion for this as a social work major here at ENC, and now you're uh, going around and talking about this in various different places. Uh, could you quickly, before we transition, could you share a little bit about how your ENC experience kind of put you in this direction? Yeah, so do we have any social work students out there? Couple, awesome. Um, so uh, yeah, I've been, I went right from, uh, pretty much right from graduating to uh, working at Dove. Um, got to do some really great internships and I've always loved how ENC had such a focus on um, helping other people and being involved in your community. So uh, kind of what connected me to Dove and has just really been an excellent fit since then and happy to still be connected to the school. And if someone here did want to contact Dove directly, how would they do that? So we have a hotline number and a website. So uh, like I said, all of our material will be at the Student Center. Our website's a great thing to access with a lot of information on it. And it's just Dove, D-O-V-E, M-A as in Massachusetts.org. So DoveMA.org. Okay. Uh, let's thank Jennifer for being here with us and for sharing with us.